This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Offside by a mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. I think it's safe to say this episode could be called "Emotional Roller Coaster." Hey, boys! Yeah, that's a good title. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, welcome to the fifteenth episode, fourteenth episode, fifteenth episode of the Offside by a Mile podcast. Uh, all three of us are in studio as usual. I'm Tyler. We have Jared. Hello. And Brett. Hello. Um, it's been a very interesting four days. Yeah, since for sure. The last recording. Uh very many ups and downs. Uh the list of injuries goes up and down. Uh Grubauer has not played, which we expected him to play on Saturday. Yeah. It's getting a little terrifying on that front, I think. It is. The sooner the better. Sooner the better, but like why have we not heard really anything about it? Like yes, he's skating, but he's been he was skating all week. It was kind of expect he was going to start Saturday. Yeah. Didn't really hear why he wasn't playing. It was just people got to start. This club yeah. just seems to hide their injuries, <clears throat> like keep them low key. They're like he's hurt, but we won't tell you how well, bad or when. It could be a anything. it could be a fact of like they allot like two minutes to talk about injuries every day, and there's just so many that they can't get into everything. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it's like pretty much a third of the original roster is injured at the moment. Oh yeah, it's uh, pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's kind of weird that we haven't had a serious update on Grubauer yet, even though we were assuming he was close. I'm sh- I would assume that this week he gets back in the net. Yeah, like, he must have been pretty close to join the team on the road trip. Yeah, because he's been on the road trip. Yeah, pretty much the yeah. whole time. Actually, I think he was on the whole road trip the whole way. <clears throat> I, so, think, I, I think so, yeah. And then Francois, I don't know. He's probably going to be out for a while, I would assume. But who knows? Calvert came back real quick. Or, sorry, Belmar came back real quick. So um, I was going to get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, like, absolutely unreal that... It, again, this is the the super weird part about concussions. Belmar was knocked out. Right. Frankie was, I think, knocked out. Like, I think there's a 98% chance he was knocked out on the ice after yeah. that. Um, Belmar misses two games, right? Yeah, I think it was just two, yeah. Okay, I think it was two games. And he's back and scores the first goal of the game on Saturday night. With a beauty, mm-hmm. beauty tip, but <clears throat> I just, nobody knows why concussions are the way they are. Yeah. You can get tapped in the head and get concussed and have concussion symptoms for weeks. Yeah, for months. He got knocked out in the air and then drilled his head on the ice and he's out for two games. And I'm wondering if 
like remember the last concussion that Crosby got and they were kind of talking about how they're researching all these different methods of like how to fix heal a concussion correctly and Crosby came back real quick from that one and he looked fine right yeah and this was like kind of like a new thing it was like oh okay so maybe you don't have to wait as long i don't know the more the mind works maybe it heals quicker i don't yeah know. i don't know man it's concussions are so this is why head injuries are scary and we're gonna get Finicky. into it later obviously i'd like to start there now but mm-hmm. it's it's i don't want to go back in time and talk about the others game so yeah we'll get to calvert i know it's on everybody's mind mm-hmm. we'll get there in a minute um but, yeah, back to the very, very down portion of this podcast. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers game on Thursday was a giant turd sandwich. <laughs> That's a good definition. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I don't even – we can talk about many things. hmm But we might as well just start with two things. 11 points from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, that was ridiculous. Man, like, in two periods. <coughs> in less than two periods. Yeah. And, like, David can get six points? Yeah. What the What the hell, dude? Um, and thanks to Dave Tippett for kind of not playing McDavid after that. <laughs> Hooked yeah. us up. Yeah, I mean, I guess could have been worse, but... Um, that power play, I don't know. Colorado just didn't show up too much for this game. Uh, but that power play just walked around us. It's another case of the guy with the puck. Don't let him just shoot the puck in wide open space, please. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but... McDavid got too many chances. Mm-hmm. Nuge got too many chances. Zach Cassian got too many chances. Wide open. I guess we should start off talking about what Cassian <clears throat> did at the very start of the game, which was absolutely hammer McKinnon. Right. I forgot. I was like, I remember him doing something, but what did he do? Just ran over McKinnon. He was not feeling too hot after that one. <clears throat> no, man. You could see him shake the cobwebs off. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I just got rocked. He was on the ice, like, right, like, the next shift. I don't know, man. To me, that's a concussion spotter. Like, <laughs> you got to pull him. But I mean, yeah, he wasn't too bad. And I it, don't know. I'm sure they're looking at his eyes and everything. But Well, yeah, it's just. He was, it's, he was shaking up. It's the typical, like, you shake the cobwebs off. There's a reason there was cobwebs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe go check it out. Right? Is that like... Smashed. Is that not the point of a concussion spotter? I don't know. But the thing is... We're not we're not concussion spotters or medical professionals. No, neither are. All, so. But that's, again, right? Even concussion spotters don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, it's just... It's the weird, like... They've... From what I understand, from what I heard last year, they have a very distinct, uh, like, shoulder contacts the head or the head contacts the boards or like just Mm -hmm. like the way it happens that they pull players opposed to like oh he looks a little drowsy yeah right so it's just and like i don't 
know how much he actually hit his head. Yeah, well, it was the, mostly. I guess he kind of hit it against the boards. He smoked it on the boards, yeah. for sure. <laughs> he went flying, dude, he and then got just good, destroyed. Good guy, Calvert, man. Like, we're gonna get there again later in this in the next game. But what a freaking beauty he is, and Cassian's a big boy, dude. Calvert's not that big. I probably wouldn't knock t- on that door. This is time and time again we see this with Calvert. He doesn't give a crap, dude. He's like, you're huge. You just <coughs> rock my player. Let's go. Drops the mitts. Gets pretty much pummeled by Cassian. But whatevs, dude. Good dude. Yeah, like he didn't... He could have definitely got way worse than that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah, so that like, you know... That set the tone pretty damn early for the Oilers, and they they built off that momentum. Not just for the Oilers, for Zach Cassian. Yeah, he was a man on a mission all game long. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. And the Avs just didn't have an answer, probably because Big Z wasn't in the game. Right, that was a big thing that I was <clears throat> noticing too. He would be one of the guys that would go out there and flatten Cassian. Or, you know, anybody. Drop the mitts with Cassian. That for sure, too, right? And we missed him in that game. We missed him big time. I also liked on that play uh, the fact that because Calvert drops the mitts with uh, Cassian, it took away a two-on-one from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Werner stopped it. Yeah, it was pretty far behind the, whistle, the play. The whistle kind of went as, like, Dreisaitl just got the puck, so he didn't necessarily try and put it shelf or something on Werner, but mm-hmm. it just made me laugh because it's like, oh, two on one for McDavid. I said, oh, God, no, 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 no. And then whistle. It's like, oh, sweet. Calvert okay. just looks back. Oh, top <laughs> yeah. of the mitts. Let's go. So that was funny, yeah. but it was short-lived because it just happened later. <laughs> yeah. Just just deferred the slaughter to later. Yeah, pretty much. Just delayed um, it. The one guy, uh, you kind of touched on it on your tweet on Saturday, but the one guy that did show up like, really showed up for the Avs was Burkowski. Mm-hmm. He had a great game. He did. He, he was, like, one of the few that had flying. a real solid game. And it's not just because he had two goals. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of other things right in this game, too. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, Yeah, like, him and McKinnon are the only ones I really noticed in this game that were, you know, putting forth a pretty solid effort all game. Yeah. Uh, Burakovsky's gotten really good at just controlling play and just keeping possession and using his body. Like he's a, he's really good at, uh, you know, just puck protection. Um, but yeah, he, he had a great game and he's some nice goals too. Yeah, man. But yeah, he was, he was player of the game probably for the Avs. I, I think I agree. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not, not a hot, take. It's, hot take. it's not a hot take when he's the only guy that's got goals. Yeah. But it, it wasn't an accident either. Mm-hmm. He earned those two goals. Yeah. Where the rest of this team didn't. I'll say it again. What were the Avs missing tonight? Sorry, tonight being Thursday night. Battle. Oh, totally. Battle, battle oh, again, totally. battle. Yeah. It honestly, it looked. It looked like they were taking a night off mostly. Honestly, it's, it's a tough look. For Werner, because he lets in five goals. Yeah. But the Avs didn't give him much help at all. 
Like, that's almost the equivalent of your beer league team just not showing up in front of a goalie. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we can, you know, produce excuses for them. Um, They just looked slow. And, yeah, the battle wasn't there. Like, we've seen this in other games. Just, yeah, the effort was minimal in so many plays. It was like whenever they would get caught in their end, it was just no one was really doing anything about it yeah like like do something put the pressure on i don't know i know you're tired but you got to get the puck out you got to like, cover someone it's like half the time in that game i'm like why are we so static in our own end the, like, fir- the first goal you gotta game. cover mcdavid cover cassian in front of the net he's freaking sitting there like first goal of the game is nuge nuge scores his one like fourth of the year so. that was a nice goal it was a nice say. goal McDavid goes in one on five. Yeah. McDavid goes into the zone one on five. For whatever reason, not a single Av picks up Nuge. McDavid drops puck to him, and he's wide open in the slot. Gets to pick puck, pick pick wherever he wants to go with the puck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could Werner? Could you use a save at a Werner? Hundred percent. Was it a great shot? One hundred percent. Because he's wide open. That puck goes basically off the connector and in. Yeah. There's not too many goalies in the league that are stopping that, especially not a guy in his first career start. Right. Yeah, he saved 40 shots against Winnipeg. You can't bank on him doing that again. Right. Especially, yeah, it's going to happen. New rookie goalie. Of course, you you, you can't be that mentally strong night in, night out. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's like a process, right? <clears throat> it is a process for sure but it's it's just like what are you guys doing yeah and i think you know that's like the biggest thing for the abs like they they lose focus in their own end and it's complete puck watching man it's like they're so puck focused there's no where's the head on a swivel man come on you got to look around i know it's mcdavid but do you guys not like figure this out in practice watching uh mckinnon against yeah. you guys same kind of you know monster and like you guys are so puck focused on mcdavid like so puck i focused. can't remember which goal it was but it was one of the power play goals i think it may have been cassian's, cassian's where all four guys yep. were staring at mcdavid yep yeah it was definitely cassian's, cassian's sitting there behind everyone back door sitting there nobody even cares yeah it's exactly what i'm talking about yeah the one that sticks out to me that drives me absolutely bonkers is McDavid's second where it's the power play goal and he just blows in the zone and just rips its shelf. Mm. I saw a few tweets from Oilers Nation, I think, but it was like, how do you stop this guy? Well, the first thing you do is skate. Yeah. You don't just stand there at the blue line and hope good things happen. If McDavid is even half speed, you have to be skating. And, like, if he even is half speed, he can go to full speed in about two steps. quick. <laughs> you have to be moving. Yeah. Just because you guys got three guys on the blue line and a guy, you know, kind of in front. They want that. Yeah. McDavid look at, wants look you at not McKinnon to move. too. He, he wants people yeah. to do that. They want that. We'll skip a little ahead. The game winner on Saturday night. Right. That was that. Exactly. Guess what? Like you just said, you have a very similar talent to Connor McDavid. Not saying McKinnon is Connor McDavid yep. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But you have this sim- a very similar guy that you should know how to play defense against. Yeah. 
Um, and you know what they are trying to do. Like, they want you to do that, too. Again, <clears throat> like, they want you to think you can keep up with them, and they want you to pay attention to them. Yeah. Because they're looking everywhere, and they know exactly where they're going to go with the puck if you're focused on them. I was watching SportsCenter last night. Maybe, yeah, it was last night. Early on in that Dallas Stars game between the Oilers and Dallas, Blake Como was literally shadowing Connor McDavid. Mm. Like, literally, he was a foot or less away from Connor McDavid for an entire shift. Is that the way you have to play Connor McDavid? I don't know. Maybe. But he didn't score that shift, so <laughs> it didn't not work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's games like this where you're, and every team has this. Nobody's winning 82 games. We joked about it early in the year. The Den, the the Colorado Avalanche Twitter joked about it early in the year too. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win 82 games. I'm not expecting the team to play 82 games flawlessly. But when you're playing against a guy like Connor McDavid, you don't get to just take the night off either. Yeah. We talked about trap games, like potential trap games in the schedule against Columbus. Right, we were kind of talking about it. They were, they were in the middle of just getting off that losing streak, so that wasn't quite the trap game. But it's like. Those games are kind of understandable that you, you know, just don't get up for whatever. You can't tell me you didn't get up for playing Connor McDavid. Yeah, you have to be And ready for that. it's not a good look to watch Connor McDavid score a goal or two and then just go, ah, we're mailing it in the rest of the game. Yeah. Right? So it's <clears throat> it's yeah, just not a good look either way. This game was a struggle. It sucks for Werner that he let in five goals in his official starting debut yeah especially after getting a shutout but not a shutout (laughs) uh so you know it's just it's stuff like that i said that i thought the oilers were the oilers are gonna win that game anyway uh i believe it was john that said he was thinking six five well he got six right (laughs) yeah Um, yeah you know could use a little bit more uh Scoring there. It's tough. It's it's definitely a tough game. Yeah. What's really tough about that game is the fact that the power play went 0 for 5 when yeah. the penalty kill went 2 for 6. Yeah. The special teams failed big time in this game. I mean, I don't know. That That's one other thing about the apps. The Put penalty kill and, like, I've seen it. Put it this way just, right now. This game is 2-2 if you wash out special teams. Yeah. Right? It's pure and simple. Yeah. And I think it's just too... They're too, like, passive almost, you know? I think that's a case of when you're against talent like that, you want to collapse to your net almost. You want to... Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's kind of like the way hockey works on the penalty kill. Like to me, I think back to when I played minor hockey and stuff, actual organized hockey. Mm-hmm. You just always on the penalty kill, you played the passive game cause they had an extra guy. Right. I think NHL coaches are trying to get away from that, trying to play a more aggressive penalty kill. Cause then is again, you give a guy open ice anywhere in that zone and he can put the puck wherever he wants. Yeah. Whether it's a pass, a shot, whatever, deke, he'll do it, right? 
Especially so, McDavid. NHL coaches are starting to get this, put the pressure on, they'll make mistakes, they'll lose the puck, you'll kill a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. I think when you're playing a guy like McDavid, playing a guy like Dreisaitl, playing them together on a penalty kill, when you know you're down a guy, I think you just default to that, oh, God, we got to just cover the protect the house it's kind of mentality. It's a psychological, yeah, warfare. It's hard. It's hard because the other thing is McDavid responds to pressure by destroying you. Basically. So it's really hard. McDavid's the best player in the league. Yeah. Yeah, Dreisaitl has 41 points in 21 games after Thursday night. Yes, remarkable. And it got worse because he got another three, I think, on Saturday. Yeah. Right? So on it's like, tear. They're, they're insane. They're absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And they're incredibly difficult to play defense against. Yep. That's A, why you can't take six penalties in a game. Mm-hmm. And that's B, why you can't give them time and space. Yeah. If you're going to give anyone time and space, it's got to be everybody but McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then... You know, that that's how you have to play the Oilers right there. It's harder said or if, easier said than done. Hundred percent. You know if if Ryan Nugent Hopkins beats you, he beats you. If Zach Cassian beats you, he beats you. Obviously the, this doesn't mean play five on two. Right. But on a penalty kill, you gotta eliminate two of those guys. You have to. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. I lied. Dreisaitl only got two points last night. Oh, what a plug. What a plug. So he's at, this is crazy. He's at 43 points in 22 games. It's outrageous, man. Just, we'll call it right now two points a game just because. It's literally one point shy. So I'm trying to think last year with Cooch. I'm pretty sure he's on a bigger pace than Kucherov, right? I think so. I think Cooch was at about, what, 38 or so and 20 or something? Yeah, something like that. Which, I mean, Which it's, is, it's basically the same. Yeah, that's just insane. It's insane. We kind of, I think we kind of said it, like, if if Dreisaitl and McDavid don't score 160 points, like, sorry, if Dreisaitl doesn't get 160 points, if McDavid doesn't get 150 points, like they're on pace for right now, can the Oilers sustain this? Yeah, that's a different question. I don't right? know. I, and Let's wait and see if... Uh, if they get 160 points, either of them, 150, we'll call it, just so they have some wiggle room. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Oh, it's bonkers. If they get 130, it's absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. But that means they got to slow down, which means somebody on the Oilers has to step up or their defense has to get better or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's absolutely insane what's going on in Edmonton. Yeah. But that was definitely Depression Town on Thursday because watching that whole 60 minutes was... I like to a use struggle. I like to use the fatigue excuse and the injury excuse just to make it an easier pill to swallow. Because um, honestly, I did feel this coming. I just I could see it like, you know, some of the previous games you can tell people are getting tired and they're not used to this higher up role that they're playing. But you know, excuses are excuses. And it doesn't excuse the fact that that was a pretty poor effort by most of the Avs. Yeah. And, you know, as much as you want to get more saves by your goalie, most of those goals are not the goalie's fault. No. Like, nine, like all of them, really. Realistically, most of them are not the goalie's fault. I'd say, um, was it the fifth one that squeaked through Werner? Right, there was. That's when he got pulled. Right, that might be the only one that yeah. I would lay on him. Yeah, could you again? 
it's the NHL. Uh, High-end scoring chances happen. Most of the time, NHL goalies make some saves on those high-end scoring chances. Do you wish that Werner would have made a couple more saves on the big chances? Absolutely. Of course. But giving high-end scoring chances to guys like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Cassian, wide open back door. Like, that's not yeah. a savable chance, right? Like, exactly. It's, it's not. Some of them, like, the straight straight on shots, sure, you wish he makes that save. But don't give him so much time. Like, mm-hmm. this is the NHL. You can't do that. One out of five, whatever, it happens. We just we said it last week before Frankie got hurt. He lets in one crappy yeah. goal a night and then locks it down. Mm-hmm. Lock it up. If, if your goalie lets in one a night, that's his problem. It may It's not the greatest. You'd rather he lets in none. Mm-hmm. But it's still a pretty good recipe to win. Well, yeah. If right. you don't give them the crazy high end chance. Yeah. So that's how that game went. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And uh, yeah, exclamation point by McDavid and Drysidle in that one. Yeah, 100%. five assists for Drysidle. Three goals, three assists <clears throat> for Connor McDavid. Holy moly! Six goals they scored, and McDavid is on for all of them. Yes, crazy. Not on. Involved, involved in all of them. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, we're seeing some offensive explosions this year, and I gotta see as a fan of the entire NHL, it's pretty freaking fun to see. Another four goal night on Saturday by a guy. Right. Yeah, you're that's saying that four on the year. Yeah, that's insane. There's yeah, especially this early. Yeah, that's usually like the whole season. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's it. It's. What the NHL wants, more goals. <clears throat> yeah. It's been fun. 6-2 games are not fun for one team, but they're pretty fun for the other. And people who aren't fans of the one who lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> Saturday night is mixed emotions, for sure. Yeah, lots. this is an eventful game, for the- sure. What a roller coaster ride this one turns into. Yeah, this game is this game is something right here. First of all, those jerseys <coughs> that the Canucks are wearing are ridiculous. They are. We were talking about that earlier. It's just funny because in the olden days, and it's funny because I was watching the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Sorry, Avs fans, but you know, I live in Canada. I like to watch that. Um they kind of mentioned like jokingly during i don't even remember what context it was in but they were like oh where's pavel burry and that's exactly what i think about when i see these jerseys pavel burry because that was like the years right back 100%. in the day yeah and now when you see these jerseys i'm just like who is this <laughs> oh yeah vancouver like vancouver's black what it's weird <laughs> like, for sure it's weird but you know <coughs> they're not they're not bad they're not bad considering you know how yeah. much worse they used to look. Yeah. What they don't look bad. Black, yellow, and red. How weird is that? Coming <laughs> yeah. from a team with blue and green. Yeah, yeah, who's now, yeah, blue and green, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, there. I, I want, want to say one thing as a goalie nerd. Demko and Markstrom's helmets were awesome. There's been a lot they of were really, really nicely painted. Yeah, I they really were. liked their paint jobs like, I, a lot. I, I did see a tweet about that, and they look sweet. 
Nice. I liked him a lot. Demko's gear, meh. It wasn't that great. But his helmet job was so good. You know what? Helmets have been hits this year. The NHL has been getting artists all over the world yeah, to do man, these helmets. It's... Yeah, Helsinki. Like, all over the world, these artists are doing Well, that's the Russia, thing. When you, like... get, when you get guys, goalies from all over the world, they have... They have their favorite guy already. Yeah. So you, if they get it done overseas, they get it done overseas. Uh, I believe it's Dave Arch or something that used to do like a lot of the NHL masks. He does a great job, but like you said, like the more I think variety the, you get, yeah, is it's cool. It's cool, I think cool the rules here. change a little bit with the Adidas rule too. <clears throat> I, I don't Adidas think it's, there's not really a rule on helmets. It's it's not really like they get to do whatever they want. They've always have been able to do whatever they want. It's it's just the case of create your creativity is endless. I don't think they had an exact choice who they want to use before. Oh though. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's just a painter. It doesn't come from Adidas. It doesn't come. No, from, no. I know it doesn't come from Adidas. It doesn't come but... from whoever makes the mask. You just send it to wherever you want. That, that was never a thing. Um, but it's cool. It's definitely cool with some of the stuff going on. I love it. Yeah. Like yeah, if I'm, I think back to like some of the ones like Ben Bishop had with like glow in the dark paint. Right now, not exactly a lot of use for that, but I'm sure it's pretty cool when the lights go down for like the anthem and stuff. Yeah, and he's got this glowing helmet on. I'm sure yeah. that's pretty sweet for sure. But yeah, anyway, that that was one of the things I really liked about their their kit, if you want to call it that. If you want to go soccer, soccer <laughs> yeah. style. Um, started off pretty sweet against Vancouver. Belmar with the beauty tip. We kind of touched on that already. Right. Yeah. First game back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know. No, he was back for, he was back for him. He was in Edmonton. You're right. Which we already talked about. It's crazy. Crazy. I, I did not see that. And Big Z was back too. Yeah. That, that's right. Wearing his full, well, sorry. Which is also his, his jaw shield. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. Which is also kind of equally as crazy. Because that's a fully broken jaw. That's we're gonna get to that when I talk about Calvert. Yeah, but that's crazy, absolutely crazy. That he's playing with that. Yeah, but you know he's not the first. He's definitely not the first play with a broken jaw. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I'm not gonna discount it. That is insane. It's not like that's not hurting, especially with his game. And yeah, exactly the way that he plays the game. He doesn't play Nathan McKinnon style. He doesn't play Kim McCarr style where he just skates around. He yeah. Well, Bangs. He's involved. He bangs. Yeah. She bangs. She bangs. <laughs> oh, baby. Sorry. William Hung. <laughs> Sorry, sponsor. How is that? How is that still a thing? I don't know. I don't <laughs> think many people know about that anymore. <laughs> um, and then, surprise, the penalty kill gets beat again. Yeah. It's obviously a talking point. Like, they need to focus on that a little bit more. Because that's two nights in a row now, right? Where it's not been that good. No. And especially with Colorado's not the stingiest team when it comes to taking penalties. Like, we get out there sometimes, and you got to be careful because <clears throat> with how bad this penalty kill is at the moment. Yikes. Well, like, this one, this one's not really a penalty kill problem. It, it just so happens it's on the penalty kill. It's true. It's, it's true. a rush chance, right? Like Yeah. But JT Confer, what are you doing? Oh, right. Yeah. Why are you skating into your own net? Yeah. Like, Godet makes a nice play where he kind of, like, bumps off of Confer's 
defense. But I don't know what conference is trying to accomplish there. Like he's literally just skating towards the net, mm-hmm. and then just leaves his guy in the slot and bam, one timer in the net. Again, can you fault Bebo? Bebo got to start. Every so we I guess we should have touched on that. Right. First career. Well, sorry, not first career start, but first start for the Avs. Yeah, I think third, third overall or something. Yeah. career start. Yeah, he hadn't played in what over two years, I think. Yeah. And to be honest, I was impressed with Bebo yeah. tonight or Saturday night. He really he worked himself through, you know, the first half of the game, I'd say. And then he really started to lock it down and feel a lot more comfortable, it looked like. Bebo came out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in Canada. Uh, I remember when he played for the Habs, I believe. I believe that's where he got his start. I think you're right. He was a very interesting style goalie. He won a Memorial Cup with Halifax. I believe that's... I think that's where he came from. Um, He... He played a very stiff style, if if that makes any sense. He played a very like, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. He didn't play with Montreal. He played with Toronto. Oh, idiot! <laughs> idiot. It's almost like I'm a Leafs fan or something. Um, yeah, he played. He got drafted by the Leafs. Right, right. You're like, why do I know this guy so well? I was just thinking <laughs> Quebec and Montreal. Um, he, uh, he played a very, like, doesn't have, didn't have a big butterfly flare, didn't have very much, like, lateral movement. He wasn't very, he was very J.S. Jaguar-like. Mm, okay. Which. Robotic. Now, he played, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing. James Reimer kind of plays that game, too, where they're just, they just get in the way. They play the blocking style game. Yeah, angle, cutoff kind of From game. what I saw out of Bebo. Saturday night, he's definitely changed. He's definitely worked in some more movement in his game. Mm-hmm. He's definitely worked in a better set of skills when it comes to his legs, uh, blocking pucks, directing rebounds, stuff like that. There was the one rebound, though, that went off his toe and then, like, back out to the point that was crazy, and you're just like, oof. Mm-hmm. The Canucks ended up somehow not capitalizing on that, but that was a bad one. But uh, I I don't know for for a uh, Avs debut it wasn't too bad though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Godet's goal. Like, I just I don't know what you you're expecting from that. It's just but, like the missing coverage again, right? Yeah. It's like a three on three, and the only reason Godet gets open is because Comfort just leaves him. Leaves his man. Yeah. And it's a, it's a struggle. It's kind of what's been happening. The mistakes that the Avs seem to be making now are really big. They're not they're not plentiful. It's costly, but mm-hmm. it's costly mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So it's one one after one, and teams are taking advantage of that every time that happens. Well, right, because it's producing high quality scoring chances. Yeah, for, for the, the opposition, exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is like you can play a full really good game, but you make three of those mistakes in a night, and depending on who you're playing, all three of those maybe end up in the back of your net. Yeah, and maybe you're facing a hot goal, you can't score enough, boom, you lose the game because the g- glaring defensive fails. Yeah, yeah, that just can't happen. They just, especially on a penalty kill. And team. I mean, this game, it gets crazy, but this game still 
not the greatest effort by Colorado. I'd say a little bit better than the Edmonton game. But still just still kind of missing something, you know? Still kind of missing that extra jump. One thing that I forgot uh, in the first period, Nathan McKinnon, get, you get a preview of his power play goal in the second period. But one-timer from the point, or no, sorry, from, right. the, from the hash, absolutely Bing! smashes the post. That thing echoed. Oh, yeah. It rang through that whole building. <laughs> they yeah. made a comment on the broadcast that there was probably a dent. I made it in our group chat before that. <laughs> yeah. He hammered that thing. Yeah. yeah he's and got, he's got, I feel like he's worked a lot on his one-time shot maybe. and everything, but he's got pretty big bomb now. And yeah. He's kind of taken over for Rantanen on that account, right? Since he's been out. Maybe. And I guess a little yeah. bit uh, Landeskog. Well, when one guy can score, what, 300 goals from that slot and he can just shoot really hard, maybe people are taking note and starting to do it. It's a big position on the ice, right? Yeah. But that's how he scores the second goal of the game for the Avs, his first of the night. Yep. 12th on the season. Same kind of play. Makar passes to him over there, hammers the one-timer. Beautiful setup, yeah. Pretty much puts it in the same spot on the net, just inside the post this time. Yep. And it's 2-1 abs, and the power play gets on the board. They put a th- they put a graphic up on Hockey Night Canada. 10% power play on the road this year. The abs. No. The abs. Yeah. 10%. I knew it had to be terrible and from everything we've been reading, or like the all other... these stats. Yeah, sorry. Um... Here's the other factor in this. The Avs are, like, one of the top... Like, I know... I, I, I can't remember what it is now, but we're one of, like, the top five teams for drawing penalties. And that is a low number. 10% like, percent on the road. It's a low number of success right there. It's a weird split. Like, obviously, the Avs power play hasn't been super great since Ren and Lance Cogamino. Which is a factor. It is. 100%. And, I mean, it's allowed to be a factor, too. Mm-hmm. But you also have Nazem Kadri, You have Donskoy. You have threats. Well, hey, that top power play is still pretty damn good. Yeah. So, it's it's a struggle. It's crazy that the split is that. I'm not still, like, mm-hmm. 10%. They go 20% today, on, like, on the Saturday night's game. One for five. Seems rough. Going one for five. But, I mean, it is 20%. That is a decent clip in the NHL. You want to go 25%-ish, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd well, say if you get four, you'd at least want one. Yeah. They couldn't score on the five on three. That's a struggle. Again. Too. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about that in the first period. They had a five on right. three. I think I, I can't remember if I said it on recording or not. But in the NHL, if you don't score on a five on three, you just about don't deserve to win a hockey It's a big-time loss opportunity for sure. And they missed it. And... They had chances. They sure they had lots of chances on the five on three, but they didn't get a shot after the five on three expired, mm. which is a sh- is awful because it means you didn't really carry the power play like momentum. Yeah, you didn't have right. any momentum exactly, and it's it's just it's rough. Uh, third goal of the evening for the Avs. Nas. Yeah, big Nas. Same place, hash marks. Typical Nazem Kadri shot. Short side, nice. low blocker. Puts Perfect. it in. We'll see a trend here when it comes to the game winner. Right. Uh, maybe it's a Demko weak spot or what, but 
That's already mm-hmm. the second time he's beat. Mind you, the first time is a one-timer by McKinnon. Which is over. And it was, like, top shelf. Yeah. But still, that's short side, blocker side. Short side in the NHL is a tough tough goal to let in. Yeah, it, it's probably – it's got to be one of the most annoying goals for a goalie. I think it's Maybe the most annoying for just about everybody on the ice. Like it's, yeah, because it's not supposed to happen, the, the, really. The thing is, is, like, really, generally speaking – you're centered in the net, so the short side and the far side are the same. But it just looks worse when you get beat short side. Yeah. Because it looks mind like you, there's less room. That is a tough save. I'm sure you would know. You know that, that low blocker, hole, that low blocker, a little like armpit or like yeah. just over the pad, kind of like anywhere it, in that low blocker area is rough. It's because it, it's you get in that little like. Um middle ground where you're like okay i don't my pad's not gonna get it my stick's not gonna get it but you're trying to play you're trying to play the like well if it goes armpit i want to squeeze it i don't want to explode too much and kind of let like armpit shots suck suck they suck to let in they suck to just Save. watch your goalie make just <laughs> yeah. watch your goalie let it in you're just, it's kind of like a five hole just upstairs right no it's a great yeah. shot by Kadri. Kadri yeah. nails it now I kind of mid thought there. Did you guys see the Pecorine goal on Saturday? No, no. There was like this super awful backhand from like the high slot. I can't remember who shot it, but he lets this like wobbly ass little garbage it just shot go, and Rene just derps. Like it's probably going like crest, like upper chest. And somehow he just flails, and the puck goes through him somehow. It is the weirdest goal. It is so pecorine. If Weird. you're listening to this, you got to go find the clip. It is one of the funniest goals you'll see in the NHL this year. <laughs> it is ridiculous. His reality came crashing down, man. Eh? Yeah, man. They, yeah, so they, what, they got beat 7-2 by the Blackhawks last night. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's a weird good. change around, eh? Like so oh. weird, but like Rene was part of that, and it was the yeah. most ridiculous goal. Yikes. Anyway, this goal was not that, but yeah, I just what had a pass by McCarr. <clears throat> no, it's a great yeah spot for that shot. We talked oh, about yeah. it with McDavid. The Avs had five goals tonight. McCarr had four assists on sure. most of the like just about every goal. Like and like really nice plays quality by yeah it wasn't just like a, oh he got a second assist given to him kind of thing this one in particular just that just proves how much vision he's got when he's putting it from before his blue line all the way sending Kadri running like all like right by everybody in vancouver i'm pretty sure it's kind of mid line change but just what a what a pass it's perfect tape to tape Three line pass basically. I saw a tweet. Kadri's gone. I saw a tweet and it was, "How is every pass that Kale McCarr makes perfect?" It's Seriously. ridiculous. Yeah. Seriously though, like I haven't seen him really make a terrible pass yet. That's for sure. He receives every pass like it's butter in his hands, and he just that, gets it yeah. off his stick so fast and perfect. It is tape to tape. I was gonna say that too. Mm-hmm. I was watching the Vancouver game. I was very impressed by that. Man, yeah, like three assists in the game. Like, come on, four. Oh, is it four? Yeah. yeah. Four or five goals. He's on. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, he he's dominant. Like we kind of already talked about it, but I guess actually that might have been off air. 
but he's come and he talked about that too in after hours on hockey night in canada he's talked about how he's felt a lot more comfortable since around game 10 and he had like some really good talks with bednar and the coaching staff just basically about trying to get him back to his game and in the first 10 games you did see a bit of makar top end makar but you didn't see the confidence quite yet and then all of a sudden you see him starting to really drive the play and drive rushes and make these really beautiful passes and having just all this high IQ offensive talent all of a sudden but that's him and now he's just playing up to his potential and it's really showing now because he's not only leading the crap out of rookies now he's second in defensive scoring in the league which is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely and, and, nuts. And the clip he's going at right now in the last, what, seven games, Dude, eight games? 22 points in 20 games. Yeah. That's crazy if you're a, like, Austin Matthews or a Jack Eichel or a right. what should be Jack Hughes. Or Even Cat John Cackle. Carlson. Yeah. Like, to for him to be, like, keeping up with Carlson now is pretty remarkable. To be, to be the high-end rookie... That like you expect that out of the forward high end rookies yeah. like the first second overall picks, like the Taylor Halls and the Tyler Sagans and stuff like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. He's a defenseman, guys. Yeah. He's a defenseman, and he play like he made some solid defensive plays in this game too. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's just playing offense. And you do see every once in a while he gets a little flustered in his own end. But that's that's gonna come. But he's a rookie defenseman. That, you exactly. expect that. He's he's allowed to be able to work on that, especially. That's the, that's like the Avs just yeah. got rid of Tyson Berry, who was that for his entire career so far. Right, and look what he's doing right? this year too. Yeah. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> good trade. Good trade. And then it looks like they're going into the locker room, three one. This is rough. This is a dagger. Yeah. This hurts. Godet again finds himself wide open on a power play. Wide open. And yeah. with like under two seconds left in the period, I believe. Yeah. They're within one. And those ones hurt a lot. These now, are the goals that can't happen. It didn't yeah. it didn't necessarily hurt the Avs here. They didn't really They didn't really get too down on themselves. They didn't lose too much on the the momentum side of things, but these goals in the last minute, last 30 seconds, yeah. last 10 seconds generally end up biting you real hard in the NHL. Yeah. Instead of just standing there, skate around a little bit. Just move your feet a little bit. Weird. You, you skate maybe 10 seconds more, you go down that tunnel 3-1. Yeah. Right. Not 3-2. That much more effort could have saved a lot of headaches. To me, it's almost the, you know, an awareness issue. You have two forwards that are still at the point on that play where I feel like if you know that you're close to the end of a period, you should probably be sucking down your net, sucking down on these guys that are in the higher scoring chance areas. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's it's a power play in the NHL. Generally speaking, you have your two guys, you have your box, right? You have your guy... Guys on either side of the goalie, low slot. You have their guys near the point, high slot. Generally, there's a guy in the middle of the ice that are that's a little open. It seems like it's been heavily open in this game against the Oilers lately, period, on that power play. Yeah. 
it's hard to cover the center of the ice on a penalty kill. That's just what happens with a, a man man advantage, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're that close to the end of a period, you should be sucking down and trying to protect the house. Protect the house. Take the high-quality scoring chances away. That's when you're allowed to collapse. Yeah, like, obviously, or, yeah. on the regular power or penalty kill, you don't want to collapse to leave the points wide open just letting bombs go. Especially when McDavid's on the ice. That too. <laughs> but, like, those bombs get dangerous during a regular penalty kill, but when it's a couple of seconds left in the game, uh, left in the period, you can collapse, force them to go to the point, force them to let one rip from there. Most likely, it's not getting to the net in time, and secondly, the buzzer's going to go before the big rebound happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's an awareness thing. Generally speaking, all these goals are awareness things, but mm-hmm. that's the issue. Nineteen fifty eight in a period, you're. Getting getting the Canucks within one is not cool. Mm-hmm. It's not. And then just gives them all the momentum to carry into the dressing room, carry back out into the third. Which, luckily, they didn't. Not your immediately. Boy, well, not in the first half of the not third. Not immediately, anyway. Your, your boy that you said you were watching was Burkowski in your tweet yeah. pregame. He gets the Avs the two-goal lead back yep. on a pretty nice goal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just, actually, sorry, not a pretty nice goal. An absolutely filthy pass from Nathan. I was McKinnon. just gonna say, what a backdoor feed by McKinnon, who was just what a what, on fire in this game. What vision to see him like and just know he's gonna scoot up there because McKinnon almost releases that pass before he's even skating to the the moves to the puck. Oh, or moves to the net to score. Burkowski's just like that. That's not a hard pass. It wasn't. Oh yeah, that was a pretty fl- like pretty soft like fluttery pass. Just perfect. Right through the slot, but right where nobody could reach it. And Burkowski takes a couple strides and hammers it in the net. Yeah. Hammers it in the net. Yeah, and that's the thing about Burkowski, too. You can tell that he's, especially on that top power play, he's figuring out what McKinnon likes to do and where to be. And, like you said, what what happened? Burkowski got some top-line minutes. Right. This is a five-on-five goal. He's on the ice with McKinnon and, I believe, Comfer. Mm-hmm. Whammy in the net. Yeah. And, you know, I can't believe that we haven't seen it more. Although, you know, the Calvert and Donskoy with McKinnon has been, weirdly to me, I didn't feel like it was going to be a good fit, but it, weirdly enough, it's kind of a good line. Um, I just feel like Burkowski should have been up there earlier. It's kind of the Calvert and Donskoy line is kind of like what Crosby gets in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. where Crosby brings up the play of his other guys, you know, so he like turns guys like Calvert into yeah. a like, suitable first line player. Kind of like a Cassian, I guess. In yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. Um, but like you said, it doesn't mean Burkowski should never play there. Like that, mm-hmm. this, it worked. Uh, it's, I don't know how much longer Rantanen's out. Hopefully less than a week, but yeah, Landy's still far away. So, yeah. um, you might find his way still on this line, yeah. right? And I mean, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like I said before the game, I think he deserves to be up there with McKinnon because he's been like one of the other top performers on this forward line anyway. Um, but man, like McKinnon and Makar. Night in, night out, I feel like those two are just driving this play. 
Like, Makar's going to be such a leader for this team going forward. He's already, like, so responsible on and off the ice. He's just, like, a really good pro, you can tell. But he's going to heavily help this leadership of this team going forward. Like, he's just, like, this little fireball on this team. So, yeah. You could see it on that play. And McKinnon just, yeah, like you said, beautiful vision. What a pass. Yeah, just sees the perfect opportunity to get that pass through with no sticks hitting that pass. Yeah, I mm -hmm. couldn't believe that pass. Just because, like, when yeah, I watch it, hit nothing. Yeah, when you watch it, it's pretty much the instant that Burakovsky kind of decides he's going to change direction and go towards the net. Right. McKinnon sees that and yeah, and let's releases. go like instantly. Like yeah, it's releases. almost exactly. Like, there's, there's almost no reaction time there, and bam, it's in the net. It it's just. It's a little thing, but man, like if he if McKinnon waits half a second, when that lane's not there. No, it's yep. so crazy. It is. Seamless. It's such a high level play. Yeah, it doesn't look that high. Like it looks like a nice goal. It looks like a really nice pass, but it is such a high level play. It's mm -hmm. so good because it's yeah. Literally, you got a split second to make that play. Yeah. And then, and then all the crap happens. The storm, the crap hits the fan. The hockey gods rain down on the <laughs> because the Colorado Avalanche haven't had enough adversity yet this year, right? And Matt Calvert blocks a shot with his face, actually the side of his head, his ear. Yeah. And Colorado Twitter. Loses explodes. God damn minds. <laughs> yeah, this is this is rough to see. This is a rough one. But the so we had this rant last Monday. I sorry, I had this rant last Monday. Elliot Friedman nicely tweeted out after this goal, he tweeted out a screenshot of the rule book mm -hmm. saying that under the player being injured and the whistle going and all this stuff damn <laughs> um classic he tweets out the rule and it says in the case where it is obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury the referee and or linesman may stop the play immediately mm -hmm. now this is exactly what i ranted about saying that wasn't part of the rule book and i didn't realize it was mm. and i said when it became a rule in the rule book we could then complain about referees not uh, claiming the, or we could argue what is and what isn't a whistle. Yeah. Right. On an injury. The problem that I have with the Colorado Avalanche, Twitter, the media, everybody around the Colorado Avalanche, including the players losing their minds about this one is I feel it's heavily biased. I feel it's heavily biased purely because the puck went in their net. I'm not saying that I like watching Calvert lay on the ice for 13 seconds. Some people tweeted saying it was 17. It's four seconds. It's not that crazy. But it was 13 seconds. You can watch it on the replay. There's a clock. I'm not saying I like to watch Calvert down. I'm not saying that he should be down. I'm not saying that the whistle shouldn't have gone. Pedersen thought the whistle should have gone. Right. Right? Like, you're watching Vancouver Canucks think the whistle should go. Mm -hmm. But losing your mind about this one... More than losing your mind about Zadorov. You tell me which one's worse. I mean, 
from my opinion, the, uh, it's tough because I'd say they're about the same. But the thing about this that really ticked me off is that the entire Vancouver line is like, why is this not being blown in a way? Like, like Pedersen the whole time, right after he hits him in the face, is like, oh, sh- oh dude, I'm sorry. This guy's, this guy's effed up. Yeah. Well, as soon as he scores, the first place he goes is to the, him on oh, the ground. Right. And he doesn't just, go to celebrate. He didn't even do anything on this play. After he shoots the puck, he just stays high slot and he's looking at, keeps looking at Calvert, keeps looking back at Calvert. He's like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, it's not getting blown. And he kind of finally turns his attention away. And then they just get that backdoor pass and score. Yeah. No, that's my biggest issue. It's just like, but that's a vicious injury to not blow the whistle, dude. What happens if he's like, he gets smoked in the face? What happens if he's legit like Brian Little, perforated eardrum, brain is bleeding, the, the thirty twenty to thirty stitches, whatever he the had. The difference, like, the difference. So this this is why I'm in such a hard, like I'm fence sitting on this one so hard. Zadorov, Brian Little, those are accidental. Oh, yeah. Very accidental. Matt Calvert put himself there. His face is six inches off the ice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, it, like, he obviously didn't try to block it with his ear. If mm-hmm. he didn't ever tried to spin around at the end, he misses the slider or the dive originally, and then he spins around, and right? that's what gets it, him. It's, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more, like, in the next five minutes, but... I find I to me personally the Zadorov one is so much worse. A because he broke his jaw. Obviously, you don't know that. Like you don't mm-hmm. know that Zadorov broke his jaw. You don't know that Calvert has where his cut is or where the blood is coming from. Yeah. I don't know. People saying it was pouring on the ice. I call fake news. Hardcore on that. I've watched guys get high sticked and could, bled there more could than have that. been more blood yeah right like it's just everybody's everybody's going over the top with it oh he's pouring blood on the ice he's yeah. not pouring blood on the ice guys okay this is the other this is the other one high sticks that slice guys open and bleed they don't get blown down either no so like just the blood aspect people like people are leaning on the bleeding on the ice part as like the heavy criticism yeah that happens all the time that it, i'm not like again i'm not saying matt calvert wasn't seriously injured yeah. nathan mckinnon said he's not trying to fake for a whistle he's not right yeah. and he's not wrong he's also not wrong on that either yeah but the biggest problem is the fact that it's happened in twice in two weeks yeah but if you do if <sighs> people want consistency out of referees if they didn't blow Zadorov's down, they're not blowing this one down. Period. That's yeah. we again. I'm like I said, we can argue the sustained a serious injury part of this, this gray and black and white and gray part of this rule, right? Mm-hmm. And I said that last week. We can argue that later when it's there. It is there. I yeah. didn't realize it was there. But if you don't think if they didn't think Zadorov's was serious, they don't think Calvert's was serious. Which is an it, issue. It is an issue. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. But the next thing I want to talk about, everybody's everybody's on the league for this. Which, as I said last week, get on the league for this. Mm-hmm. Don't get on the refs, get on the league. Get on the players. I am sick and tired of watching hockey players have ear injuries. You know what hockey helmets come with? Oh, These yeah. really nice, fancy ear protectors. And I'm sick of it. Every single NHLer in this league 
plays without ear protectors. Mm-hmm. You know what else they do? There's two things that hockey players in the NHL play without. Ear protectors. Oh, yeah. Those shin yeah, straps yeah, yeah, yeah. are supposed to be tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want to talk about player safety, yeah. if players, player safety, yeah. if players want to talk about player safety, wear your helmet properly. It's true. That is a good point. Well, and you know what? I saw a Twitter exactly like this. People are complaining about the player safety now, saying it's a joke in the NHL. If the players want to complain, wear your gear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. I'm not saying wear a bubble, wear a full cage, but if we want to go there, we can too. Because players are totally cool with losing their chiclets. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you want to talk about being afraid for player safety with head injuries? You don't like a puck to the face? A, don't leave your feet and dive in front of a puck. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to say it right now before everybody goes crazy about me not being a fan of tough guys. Mm. I love shot bloggers. I'm a goalie. I love shot bloggers. Yeah. The guy that just got fired in North America, Don Cherry, one of his favorite sayings, or not, not favorite sayings, but biggest comments was don't dive in front of a puck and leave your face exposed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always turn away. Always. He said that so many times, and it's ironic that it's the first broadcast Don Cherry's not part of. That this happens. happens. Literally hockey night And he night cannot in talk about it. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, Vrah! But it's absolutely excruciating. How yeah. how much of a fight was it to get visors mandatory on every hockey player? And True then it enough. had to be grandfathered in. That's what I'm mm-hmm. like. So if the players want literally every av that was interviewed had a comment, giving it to the league, look in the mirror and do something about it yourself. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I, I totally agree with Tyler. This is why I'm fence-sitting. If this puck climbs up a stick and hits Brian Little in the head, I want to blow him down. The way it hits Zadorov, I want to blow him down. Matt Calvert put himself there. Yeah. He looked, he pretty much looked Pedersen's stick blade in the face, it, it, like right in the eye if it had them, and said, hit me. Again, it's a desperate play. It's a mm-hmm. desperation play. He's that kind of guy, too. He's going to do that, right? He is, right? Yeah. It, it's a bad look. 13 seconds on the ice is a bad look. Mm-hmm. Another thing, how important is 13 seconds? We don't know. Nobody's a doctor. But is the trainer getting to Matt Calvert 13 seconds earlier? Probably going to say it could. It, it could, but it's probably it looks bad, mm-hmm. but it's probably not that effective. More effective than waiting 13 seconds. And I think that's kind of why the NHL has has been like this. The only part... Player safety is important, 100%. Yeah. Safety is all... Like, health is always more important than the game. Number one always. But pro hockey is different. I think it's it's going to be a big topic here going forward this season. This is going to be one of those topics that's going to linger and lots of people are going to be thinking about this and making ideas. And there's going to be more situations like this. I I think the league needs to really take a look at this. But you're right. That is a good point about how many players do you see with that loose, yeah. loosey-goosey Belmar. chin strap? Belmar. Yeah, Belmar. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? When he hits his head yep. on the ice, his helmet's not on his head. Exactly. It's already flailing about. Yeah. That's, I don't know what, like, I don't know. I guess it's just a freaking feel Hockey thing, players but... are too cool for school. Right. They want to get on the league and the referees for player safety, and they themselves don't give a damn. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, yeah, you're right, because it's rare to see a chin strap tight to your chin. I don't know if I have ever seen it. 
the one that pisses me off the most in Flames is Monahan. His is so loose all yeah. the time. He gets an and then, extra long one. And then one. you get this is the other thing that happens with players that that don't follow that is every time you get hit, what are you doing? Oh, I got to move Fixing my helmet, helmet back first down. before you skate. Every for the time puck. you hit, every yep. time you just rub up against someone. Oh my my helmet. Yep. You got to move it back down. Oh my hair's in the way now, huh? Yeah. Tighten your damn chin strap. No sh. It's call. <laughs> I didn't know that ear protection thing. Go, yeah, look, no go one, look at your helmet in your no garage one right wears, now. Yeah. No, I mean, and they take it out? Yeah. Oh, not, yeah, everyone. Dude, there is not an any... Barely Kuchuk, any. I'm, Matthew, Kuchuk, look at any guy with flow. The only reason that flow sticks out of their ear holes uh, is because there's no ear protection. Uh, yeah. That's the only reason it looks good. It's, it's... I bet you Brian Little's wearing those now. Well, I bet you Matt Cummins, uh, maybe... I, I can think back a couple of years ago. Martin Marinson had an ear, puck hit his ear or something, and then he wore an ear protector on one side for, like, a couple of weeks, and it looked ridiculous. Yeah. But at least he wore it, right? And it's it's just... I... It's another thing. The U, U.S. minor hockey, they don't require neck guards. The NHL clearly doesn't require neck guards. If mm-hmm. you look at, like, Canadian junior hockey... Mandatory neck guards. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it hasn't been an issue in the NHL. It hasn't been an issue just about anywhere. I don't know how. These guys are running around with skate blades on their feet. Yeah, and they get hit, like hip checks and And, stuff and flip. Well, look at the times guys get like cut around the neck or cut on their face or whatever. If that hits your neck... Bye-bye. Goodbye. 13 seconds is important. For that. that, Right? (laughs) 13 seconds is important. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's stuff like that. But again, I'm not... It's not mandatory. Nobody wears neck guards. It mm-hmm. hasn't been an issue. Mm-hmm. But it will be if something happens. It could. But this stuff with the helmet, ear ear hole injuries, like pucks hit guys in the ear all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Sticks, pucks, helmets, yeah. whatever. Tips, deflections, all of it. But, again, guys are okay with losing their chiclets. It's a, it's a, what's the word? It's like a. Occupational <sighs> hazard. Yeah, but I'm thinking like it's it's like a stamp of hockey. Like right, right. losing your chicklets is a hockey trademark thing. It's a, yeah, yeah, trademark. But hey, let's get on the league about player safety. Yep. Right? So it's just that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Love me or hate me. That's just what I feel. That's why I'm on the fence with this. No, we talked earlier. I agree with right? everything. Like we had the same conversation. Does it look basically. awful watching Matt Calvert? kind of roll around the ice yeah yeah absolutely but at the same time it, nathan mckinnon even said it if he blocks a shot with his foot it's not serious yeah let him let him roll roll on roll around in pain because it's his foot mm-hmm. you never want to see but it's any... his face yeah so heaven forbid and i understand yes he's not wrong a concussion uh brain trauma period is more important than a broken foot yep but it's Again, it's funny how a hockey player will say that. And it's the way I feel as a, as a ref, too. I feel that way. A guy blocks a shot, and he like takes it in the knee, takes it in the ankle, and he's hobbling around, rolling around in pain. It's like, whatever. You're like, ah, whatever, you blocked <laughs> a shot. Yeah. Well, Matt Calvert blocked a shot. Yeah. Matt Calvert blocked a shot. Yes, he blocked it with his ear. But, and thankfully, it was a wrist shot. Yeah. It wasn't a slap shot. It was like a what happened with Brian Little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So it's just, it's a tough one, but that's... Crappy luck. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's finish the game here because yeah. we're running a little long. Yeah. <laughs> that was a usual. big discussion we had to have, though. 
Um, yeah, we'll have to keep a look on that going forward. But anyway, this happens. This was four three two and a half minutes left ish. This is what I was kind of talking about earlier with the Avs penalty kill being passive. This was driving me insane at the end of this game. Yeah, blah blah blah. This Six Calvert crap happens. That that third goal happens. What are we doing after this? Are we okay? So just shut down and not move. We have five guys on the ice. It's it's a six on five. It's not a five on four. It's not a four on three. You got lots of people There's on the ice. There's no room. Where is the movement? Everyone is not moving. And this is not like this is everyone. McKinnon's on the ice. He's not moving either. Everyone is fully collapsed. Fair enough. If this was 10 seconds left, 30 seconds left even. That's cool. But when there's two minutes left in the game still, and you're just standing still in your own end, like what What do you think's going to happen? They're you got some talented run. players out there on the They're, ice. You got like, Pedersen, Hughes. What did, I, what did I just say at the end of the second period? You collapse, that point shot's probably not going to come down before the buzzer. Yeah. What happens? Exactly. Point shot, comes down, Besser makes a beautiful play yeah. and puts it in the back door. Why? Because there's a minute left in the game. Exactly. Like, what are you guys doing? You cannot let that happen. This this game never should have gone to overtime. No. Even with the Calvert goal, that that was that was not how you defend uh, six on five. That's not how you do it. Way too much room for them. Way too much. There's no way there should be that much room. You have five guys on the ice. Put one up on up at, at the point. Moving. How do you how do you play a a penalty kill you just put a guy out like covering the points but he's not moving no he's moving around with the play he's following and tracking and cutting off the angle not just standing there that's all i saw for the whole last two minutes yeah and it was driving me insane and i'm like of course they're gonna score i saw that goal coming the whole time like oh they're gonna tie this up yeah we're not doing anything get the puck out no no one's moving yeah, it's it's, just, it's the same thing. They could have skated a little bit harder, moved a little bit more, and walked down that tunnel with the win right there. Yeah, and that was scary because going into overtime, I was like, "Oh no, we can't, we can't lose this game either." Yeah. Like, how, how is this happening? And thankfully, but thankfully, thankfully, Big Nate, another person had the same idea. Obviously, like, was we can't lose this. Pissed off. Yeah, pissed off with the effort. Pissed off with the refs. Pissed off with whatever. Basically goes end to end and says, this is my game. This is the Colorado Avalanche's two points. We are not We're going team. home. Screw you, Vancouver. Thank you very much. Screw you guys. I'm going home. And almost mirror image to Nazem Kadri. Low blocker. Pucks in the net. What a beauty. Hooray. Now, is it not funny, though, from time. where he shoots again, though? Pretty much where he scored his first one. Three goals yeah. all in the same spot. Yeah. Like he yeah, he mentions two. that after he's like, well, I saw Nas go uh, low blocker earlier in the game, right? so I thought that was a good spot. Yeah, three goals, oh, same yeah. hash marks, same same button. <laughs> it was a good spot, Nate. It was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was our little foreshadowing. But yeah, <laughs> there's the roller coaster emotions, and now life is good again. Yeah, and that was a serious two points we needed there. But the question good is... bounce back. The question is, does... Matt Calvert missed some time here. I have a feeling he does. I don't know. It's the Avs, so he probably misses them. It's also Calvert, <clears throat> so I wouldn't be surprised you see him in there next game. That's true. <laughs> I, I'd assume he's got to go through concussion. That's protocol. what I was just going to sure. say. He may have but, to wait a game for that. And because... especially it is Temple. 
That's what yeah. I was. It's temple Somewhere or back there, yeah. uh, back lobe or whatever it is, right? It could. Yeah. So, I would expect to. I would expect him to miss, you know, two three games. He pro- yeah, probably doesn't play the Flames game. But then he, they go home. So. Yeah. So Tuesday night, Kale McCarr goes home again. Yep. Back to where it all started. Where it all began. So many, so many. Where it all started. His minor hockey career. His life. His mm-hmm. NHL career. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Yeah. The question is, can he uh, continue on? I would assume yes. Yeah. I don't I, see why uh, not. I will be in the building. There's, I'm pretty excited. I can't. Yeah. First first uh, live game of the year. I'm pretty excited. Um, the Flames are struggling. The Avs are, I don't know, in the middle, I'd say. Yeah. Somewhat good, somewhat bad. I hope we see Gruby on Tuesday. Really well, this do. is this is the thing at this point in the season is we need our players back now. Like we we've we've gone through this. Yeah, we need we need them back. I think we've invested enough in the like the depth is time. The depth is there. Okay, I, I think we, we got passed it. the test. The we passed the test. <laughs> the adversity yeah. test is. I think it's ready to be over. Now we can just let's just move forward. Yeah, let's stop this nonsense. Hockey gods, give us a break. Here. Can we? Uh, can we? Give the Colorado, Colorado ambulance drivers a night off. Yes, yeah, seriously. Because I saw a tweet and it was like, uh, I think it was from AJ uh, Hayfield or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just like arrows pointing to every game of who got hurt, and oh, every yeah. single game they've lost somebody. And you're just like, are you kidding? Yeah, me? it's it's actually crazy because yeah, Jost <clears throat> was out for this one. Yeah, that's a consistency you don't want. No, yeah, it's another face cut too. I'm assuming it's from that when he. Uh, went into what's his face Hellebuck. Oh yeah, at the end of that game, right? Yeah. I forgot I'm about assuming that. Assuming that's yeah. when that came from. Probably. She kind of got bloodied up. It looked like yeah. maybe a broken nose or something. Yeah, maybe. That's what happens when you dive head first in a pile. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I don't have very much sympathy for him on that one. <laughs> oh, but it's a head injury. But let's, yeah, let's it's lose like... our minds. What saw that play? Or yeah, blow the plate Well, that was another one I saw actually. With that was like. No other league other than the NHL would let a player lay on the ice for, or lay lay on the ground or on the playing surface for that long. It was the same question, the same conversation we had last weekend. Hockey's the only one where a play lasts as long. That's why. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. I was just gonna say, right? It, it's and the plus, only sport like, where you can go almost eighteen minutes without a whistle sometimes. Yeah. And like I get, I do kind of you know see where McKinnon's coming from with his post game for sure interview. Yeah, with. But with the LeBron James comments, it's like the same time with NBA is, man, how many points do you get a game? And there's only a handful like, of those stars in the NBA. Yeah. They lose yeah. those big stars. They're losing fans. They're yeah. losing But, money. like, it's like, is that one play going to make make or break the game? No. Probably not. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. The, see, the biggest problem with this whole thing is the people in the NHL, they're like, the reason we let plays go on when there's an injury is legitimately this one. Like legitimately, this is the reason because they had full possession. They had full pressure. Yeah. And they end up scoring a goal. Well, and here's, and right. The flip is what if they do blow that down? The thing is, the thing people are going to lose their minds about that. But the thing is, right. It's like offside challenges. The reason why offside challenges suck so bad it's because when an offside gets blown dead, you wouldn't even know this goal happened. 
Oh yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. if that play gets blown dead, it's just a play that gets blown dead. Yeah. Vancouver's Vancouver's a little mad because yeah. you know they had possession, whatever they didn't yeah. get the puck. But Pedersen's probably saying, "Well, he was pretty hurt." Yeah. Right. That's why in the but I don't like the the grayness. Right. It, 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 well, that's again we can argue the grayness till the cows come home. Yeah. I. That's what I, I don't think, like about that. I role. think serious injury is pretty. It's got to be like life and death. It seems like right now. I would say, well, are, are you dying? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this guy having a seizure on the ice or something? If, like, in my okay, opinion, I guess you can come out. Like, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, in my opinion, if you don't see instant blood, like like instant blood dripping on the ice, making a puddle, or if he's mm, literally I think that's not moving, false. what if someone gets their head smashed into the glass, and he's not bleeding, but he's knocked out cold? Well, but that's, I, that's again. That was but, my second point. But, if he's not moving, see this. Oh, is, okay, so, but this is yeah, another one of those things. Instant blood or not moving. That's when I think a serious injury should get blown down. But in this a is scoring the problem. This is the problem. That play, Jared just said, the he gets smashed in the boards. He's not moving. I bet you that's a penalty, and I bet you the whistle's going anyway. That's this true. is that's the thing. True. Yep. This yeah. is the thing. Yeah. There's so few mm-hmm. incidents where mm-hmm. these actually happen, where they're not penalties and they're true. not actually getting blown down. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be more of a faulty ref. Yeah. Right. So that's that's where you get this gray. Yeah. Because generally speaking, what you're using for instances is yeah, but that was blown dead because it's a penalty. Yeah. So you're right. That that's literally the only probably the only play is Pucks. someone getting hit in the face with a puck. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which, so it's 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 that's why the gray maybe, is there. Maybe that's the rule that they need to make then is if you get struck in the face or in the head with a puck and you're down, maybe you blow that down every time. But. Yeah, but that, see, this is the, what happens. It hits the visor, and then he falls down, and it's well, because then you get people faking and crap, right? Possibly that's the thing, right? Would like Pavelski have scored right then? What? Would Pavelski have scored then, or they blow it down when it hit his face? <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, that's another could go po- on forever, like this we is, said. This is a conversation for another episode. We're yeah. already we're already long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning into the episode. If you want to disagree with me, please write to our Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. We need six more. Six we more. Six more followers for a hundred. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, at offside by a mile. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you on Thursday on the flippy. Bye. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at offside by a mile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.